0: It's always great to have a checklist to keep yourself organized. You know, think about your grocery list and how you go to the grocery store and having that list just makes things just a little easier. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about creating a retirement checklist so you can be confident as you enter retirement.
1: We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Paran. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvester. Un... Untangling Your Finances, that's the name of the podcast. Actually, the name of the podcast is Your Finances Untangled. I should say that's the mission of the podcast here.
0: I know. I was going to say, I'm uh, on the wrong
1: show. Yeah, yeah, it's not Untangling <laughs> Your Finances. It's uh, Your Finances Untangled. The mission <laughs> is financing, un. Untangling your finances, man. Okay, You're in the holiday and spirit, aren't you? I am. I I definitely am. We're recording a little bit before Thanksgiving here, and just getting ready for the holidays. And and now the award for the sloppiest intro to a podcast goes to <laughs> Dave Perkins, Mo Param with Cloud Vesters, a fiduciary firm recommended nationally by Dave Ramsey. Also, a firm that is there for you with the human touch and through your financial life. And saying the human touch, meaning that I love the convenience of the the virtual financial planning, but with a human being who knows you. And and that's available for you at cloudvestors.com. Hope everything's well. You you said you're um, starting to get the holiday decorations up now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I fought it. I like to wait at least till after Thanksgiving, you know, kind of keep... The sequence of holidays but the family was like no we want to get started now so <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah we started so you put one of the christmas trees up last night actually and um we're gonna put some of the rest of the decorations up slowly you know mm-hmm. but i'd say within the next week or two we'll have the entire house all holidayed up
1: you know i i get that because i mean why not enjoy it i never understood how in movies you know they would um not put the tree up until christmas eve night do you know what do you know what i'm saying in some of the older movies they were just a little too late it would be christmas eve night and they were trimming the tree and i'm thinking when you're just going to take it down what a couple of days later why are you doing that i think that only
0: happened in movies but yeah yeah i'm not that bad i I usually do it right after thanksgiving like literally the day after but you're right i mean the holiday christmas you know that's only about a month right so it only gives you a month to, to look at the decorations and get into that spirit. So a few weeks earlier, it's not bad. But yeah, of, yeah. I, I never understood the day before, like literally the Christmas Eve, putting up everything.
1: I think that might be just movies. I don't know. I mean, in movies, it always snows on Christmas. And I think I've only experienced one white Christmas in my life. Um, but it always does in the movies. You know, the other thing too, I'm always sad when they go down, like the lights in the neighborhood and because it, it does brighten the mood. You I don't, Do you remember it during the summer of COVID? Um, uh, a lot of people put up Christmas decorations just to kind of brighten the mood a little bit. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. So yeah, it I, doesn't hurt I, at all. I enjoy it. I really do. We're looking at retirement. Um, you know, you are there in cloud vesters You're there with people through their life, and your financial moves are not just about preparing for retirement, but in many ways, that's what you're doing all your working life. You're preparing for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're uh, you're saving in your four hundred one k ira, whatever, whichever accounts you have. You're even mentally preparing for that point of, oh, man, I can't wait to that one day when i leave, right? So you're, you're, you're preparing for retirement and, you know, you want to make sure that even if it is 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, five years down the road, right, that you are prepared, that you are making the right decisions, you're making the right moves so that when that time does come, you feel confident that you can actually do it. Yeah, right? that's it. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people recently that have been forced into retirement, whether it's health reasons or, you know, the company uh, decides that either their uh, their positions are no longer available or companies had to close down altogether. Right. And some people have been forced to ret- in retirement. So uh, hopefully many of them were prepared. Right. Uh, so that's that's why it's always good to you know, have a plan, right? Have a strategy. Um and at least consider it, right? Mm-hmm. Consider things that uh that you should be putting in place. Um, either you take it in layers, right? You take it in steps by steps, but at least know the direction you're you're aiming to, to be at.
1: Yeah, I think it's very smart too. And if if you had to maybe we could say we're directing this to people in the financial red zone five, ten years away and um, in, in making sure that they get there with every, everything done and all the I's dotted, T's crossed. However, as you said, sometimes retirement happens before, uh, whether it's forced retirement, whether it's for health reasons. So, And, and as you also said, and we're more productive whether we're, we're at work or whether we're going to the grocery store with a list. So we're going to put that list together, the retirement list. That's right yeah let's make sure we got it all. What's the first <laughs> thing you want
0: to look at date when yeah. yeah yeah you want to take a get a sense of well when do you want to actually retire right now this is retirement on your own on your own accord, right yeah uh, right so so think about when you want to actually retire if it's a specific date you have in mind like uh, we had a recent couple that came on board as clients and they had a date of two 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 so february 22nd 2022 that's cool I was like, that's pretty cool yeah. i like that idea uh, there was some, there was there was some significance around it not just to make it uh, sound cool uh-huh. but uh, but yeah actually have a date in mind a year in mind uh, an age in mind right so if it's you know i want to retire at 60 65 um, you know that's that's a good sense of the first step you want to do because that gives us the target right that gives us the time frame of Okay, when do we need to really be? Well, it gives us the sense of how do we position all of the things that we're doing: our savings, our investments, um, our spending, our debt. Right? We now we have a time frame of when all those uh, those moves that we're making need to be either uh, finalized or put in place. And and that's and that's a good thing to know because understanding when you're, when your retirement date is lets us know okay. Well, how, social, how is Social Security going to play a factor into this? Um, how, um, how much should we be saving? What kind of returns should we be getting? Uh, when do we plan on taking pensions, for instance, right? So the key to entire planning is having that date in mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's almost like if you were planning a big vacation, you'd say, okay, we're going to do it this week. Of uh, next year or whatever, and and then you you work towards getting what you need done before that happens. It's really the same. I mean, retirement is really like the eternal vacation. So now you've got the <laughs> the date locked down. Uh, uh, you got to get everything in place. You mentioned Social Security, so that's one decision you want to find
0: out when you want to claim. And a lot of that has to do on that date you pick. The date is huge. Of when when you're going to retire and how it plans and how that coincides with Social Security. So, for instance, if you want to retire at sixty. For most, your Social Security benefits uh, won't, would not be eligible uh, uh, until age 62. Mm-hmm. So there would be a two-year gap before you're eligible for Social Security. If you wanted to maximize, well, not maximize, if you wanted to wait until your 66, 67, somewhere in between there, that's where most people's full retirement age is for their social security benefits. So that's when you get 100% of your benefits, not decreased because you took it earlier or not increased because you delayed it past your full retirement age. So there's still another, another reason why you may say, okay, well, if I wait a few more years to take my social security benefits, I'll get a little more money, right? So- um, social security plays a huge part in the foundation of your, of your income during retirement. Uh, if you go into social security's website, ssa.gov, they say, you know, they, they say about 40% of one's, uh, income during retirement is based off of social security. Now I've seen it where, you know, 70%, 80% of one's income during retirement is social security. So making that decision on on when to elect social security is huge and that plays a big factor cuz that's a that's a permanent decision you're making. Well it Not is just for yourself for, but for your spouse.
1: It's permanent if you claim at 62 there's that one um mulligan you got where but you, you, within a year but you have to pay it all back what you've gotten and that's about it. You we mentioned your the date you pick to retire has a lot to do with when you take social security. Well when you can take social security at what level of income you want from it would have a lot to do, could decide on when your date is to retire. And and I'm thinking, too, because we're working longer, I always we always have that 65 date in mind. When I think of retirement age, I think 65. But as you mentioned, the full retirement age for those born after 1960 is 67. So are, are we going to start seeing people working longer now?
0: A little bit. <laughs> Maybe, you know, um, there's, there's reasons why, um, playing catch up, you know, for as far as saving, excuse me, as far as saving into your retirement plans. So you might want to work another year or two longer so you can contribute to your retirement plans. You can get market returns. You can get matches from your employer. Um, you could get, uh, you know, if you, let's say you retire at 60, right? Well, you're not eligible for Medicare to 65, which is a good target, which is why a lot of people talk about that 65 ages retirement, because before then there's that health insurance gap you have to worry about. Right. So 65 tends to line up with most people thinking with because Medicare. it's like, I have Medicare. Now I can cover my health insurance through Medicare.
1: I wonder if they'll ever raise that age. We've talked about raising the full retirement age. Do you think that age will ever go up? Up. Oh, I don't. I hope not, but I I'm hope just, not. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it could, it could happen, right? It could it could happen. Oh. Uh. Well, I just uh, don't even think about that. We might bring bad <laughs> luck on. So, you, you mentioned um, that the SSA.gov, the Social Security website, mentions about 40% of your income you know, should be dependent on Social Security and retirement. But as you also mentioned, some for some people, it's like 80%, which is not an ideal situation. But either way, on our checklist to retirement, you need to look at what other streams and it, you have of income. And if not, you need to start getting those
0: streams and working on building those streams. Yeah, you know, pensions, you know, there's still millions of people that have pensions, right? If you work for the federal government, you might be able to get a pension. Uh, I was actually speaking with uh, a potential client earlier today, Um, she works for a a local hospital and they have a pension, right? So Mm -hmm. the pensions are huge because that's another stream of income to build that foundation for your retirement income plan. Uh, but pensions also have their nuances as well. Do you take your lump sum, right? What I mean by that is, you may have the option of, let's just say, keep it keep it simple. You might have uh, half a million dollars in your in your pension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you may be able to take that half a million dollars in a lump sum. Right, so now it's up to you to dictate and determine how your income is going to come from that five hundred thousand.
1: Is that the best way to go? Because don't you, if you, when you die, it goes with
0: you. If you don't do that, right? Am I wrong on that? If you just keep the pension. So there's a couple of things. So the some options allow you to have a survivor. Okay. Right? So okay. Um, this is why the pension election is huge. So uh, one option could be a lump sum, right? So let's say again, go back to the half a million. Okay, I'm going to take the half a million dollars right now. You'd roll that into it like an IRA, so that way you're not being taxed on on the entire five hundred thousand immediately. Mm-hmm. But now it's up to you. Now it's your asset, right? So you can take income as needed. So you, so then another option could be you take an income stream for the rest of your life. Now normally that's when you'll get your biggest check, right? But if you predecease your spouse or you you just pass away, that income stream stops, right? There's no survivor benefit behind it. Yeah. Then there may be options of, well, uh, 50% goes to your spouse if you pass away, right? There may be options of 75% goes to your spouse if you pass away. There may be options of, we'll guarantee you income for 10 years. So as long as you're alive for 10 years, you keep getting your income. If you're alive past 10 years, you keep getting your income as normal. But if you pass away within that 10-year time frame, for instance, let's say you passed away year five, well, then your survivor gets five more years of income, right, to satisfy the 10 years, and then check stops. Okay, but right? yeah, that's, that's risky, isn't it? Yeah, it could be risky. All yeah. Right. So, so one of the pros behind taking the lump sum option, if that is available, is it's your asset, right? So now it's your it's your account. So it's yours. You have control of it. Um, you know, you can do multiple things with it. You can invest it. You can, you know, uh, name a beneficiary behind it. So, but, but then also there is. Uh, the ability that mismanagement, poor investment strategies, then you could lose value behind it. The pro behind <clears throat> taking the income stream is that you have guaranteed income, right? You don't have to worry about it. You can, you can close your eyes and know that the first of the month, there's a check coming in your direct deposit for whatever the, whatever, the, whatever the dollar amount is. The con to that is, like we mentioned, right? Uh, pen making sure that you pick the right income stream that makes the best sense for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you have no control. There is no asset, right? So you're just uh, you're just relying on the institution to provide you the check, mm-hmm. right? So we've seen on the last year's pension pension plans are struggling, right? Um, that would make uh, me nervous. I mean, I tend to be nervous anyway, but yeah, I'm a little yeah paranoid, you know, you're of, but if you have a 30 year retirement right then you got to worry about the company yeah you know, keeping that pension in place for 30 years right plus so isn't it kind of like if you win lotto and you
1: decide just to take the lump sum which i would i would
0: yeah just give me the money now
1: yeah <laughs> i mean again because i don't know the if the, if the lottery is going to be around then i don't want to take a
0: chance on that yeah. That's I, just I mean, me. But I there's some value behind just taking the control. Yeah. Right. Well, let's say you don't have a
1: pension. You can create your own. Uh I always hear the one I always hear is the it's like the rock star. It's the fixed indexed annuity is one right.
0: One. Yeah, yeah. The you know, we use annuities um, often in our retirement planning for our clients. So there's there's different there's uh, school of thoughts of annuities. Um, annuities get gets uh, tend to have to get bad reps um, because of you know either they've been sold incorrectly. Um, some of them have higher fees, but you know the way we look at annuities uh, is twofold, right? One is the fixed index annuity allows you to put money into into an account that is literally shielded from market volatility so the account can never go down due to market volatility Now it can go down if you're taking distributions from it right but as far as market concerns right you've you've literally shielded that that asset from losing value due to market returns but then you also put in a position where you can get some growth behind it so clients like that because you know they're putting a little bit of protection on some of their retirement assets Then there's other annuities that are income annuities right so just like the pension um, instead of relying on the health of the of the company right you've already built this income stream for yourself by putting it into annuity and the annuity will give you income for the rest of your life you can even do a joint annuity where if you pass away the income continues for your survivor and as long as you haven't distributed all of your assets right the way to win an annuity game on an income stream wise is you want to you want to start using the insurance carriers money, right? Mm-hmm. But if for some reason you you've passed away, your spouse passed away before you've actually used your principal, then the, what the remaining can still go to a beneficiary, right? So you can still do some estate planning if you want to call it. It can live on. It can live on, right? So that's how we use annuities. It's either a way to shield your assets from market volatility and or creating a your own pension plan, your own income stream through your assets. The one thing I definitely want to do
1: is shield my asset because assets, because um, I, 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 that's important to me. And I know to most people when you get into retirement is that safety and that peace of mind. And that's why if you look at it from a bucketing strategy, uh, then that annuity, for instance, or that personal pension, however you build it is one bucket that might, that you could look at as guaranteed income.
0: Yeah. And another thing we do it too is, you know, um, most of us are saving in a, call it like a, like a tax-deferred account, like a 401k IRA, right? Well, at some point at age 72 and older, uh, the IRS is going to force you to pull money out of your uh, pre-tax accounts called required minimum distributions, mm-hmm. RMDs. And that that number, uh, well, not, not, not that number, but that distribution has to continue for the rest of your life, right? So if we already know that, then, if all of your money is in the market, right? And if you're going to be forced to take distributions out, well, what happens if there's a correction in the market, right? It, and nothing crazy like a 30% drop like we saw at some point last yeah. year due to COVID. I'm just talking about a normal 5%, 10% kind of pullback. Well, would we want to sell a depreciating asset? That's right? a sequence of returns risk, right? Kind of like a sequence of returns risk, right? Yeah. So, the fixed index annuity gives us it gives us the ability right so if the market is going down we have to take distributions out uh-huh. well let's just not touch those assets that are still impacted by the market let's turn on the income from this other bucket that uh-huh. hasn't been impacted by the market on a negative way take the distribution out that's required and then the following year the market recovers boom we can take the we can take our required minimum distributions from the account started in the market so the uh, so the annuity plays like plays a little bit of a hedge, right? A little bit of a hedge of market volatility. See, that's
1: thing. I mean, yeah, that's it. You're looking at strategies that a lot of people may not even think of, and that's why. And I say it. I, I absolutely say this. It is more important now than ever to have some professional help get you through retirement, not only to it, but through it. Uh, through it. That's I, right. Yeah, I, I really believe that, and especially if it's a fiduciary firm like Cloudvesters. By the way, we'll mention you can learn more about Cloud CloudVestors. You can even set up a, a consultation for yourself if you just visit the website cloudvesters.com We ran a little short last week because we had um, the, our studio that we, we use here, it, it, another act had to get in here quickly. Um, <laughs> so we can go a little long today. because There's a lot to cover. We'll get through it as quickly as we can, but... We'll look at what is many consider the the biggest risk in retirement. It's the fact that we are living longer, but also long term care. And again, that comes under that umbrella of longevity, preparing for that and protecting yourself with that. Uh, Out of pocket health care costs, estate planning, that and much more coming up as we run through the retirement checklist on your finances untangled. or getting close to retirement holistic financial planning in all areas including taxes estate planning insurance cash flow and budgeting they even offer customized personal websites for clients the technology of today while still maintaining that human touch that's Vesters. Cloudvestors. that's CloudVesters.com. We're back with your finances untangled. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Parham of Cloud Vesters. And you just heard it cloudvesters.com. It's one quick visit to that site and just take your time and go through it, and you can learn how Cloud Vesters can be your financial partner in life. And that is really, really important, as we just talked about, really not only in retirement. But yes, in retirement, it's just not as easy now and there are more strategies necessary. We're we're running through the checklist to get you to retirement. Well you know we, we, we talked about picking your date and then working and and really seriously looking at all your social security options so you can maximize that. We looked at uh, some options you have if you have a pension. And if you don't have a pension, how you can create a personal pension because of the fact that it is important to have other streams of income. Let's take a look at the risk that comes with longevity because it's good that people are living longer, but there are risks associated with that. Long-term care is one of them. Probability is higher. How do you protect yourself now for that? And should you do it really early?
0: Um, that's good. That's a good question. So, uh, two, two part, two part answer. So how do you prepare, how do you prepare yourself? You, you have a long-term care plan, right? Yeah. Um, now, a long-term care plan doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go ahead and, and buy long-term care insurance. It just means you have to have a plan around it. Now, long-term care insurance could be part of your plan. It could be your plan. But insurance is not the it's not the end-all solution on 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 uh, protecting for yourself, protecting yourself against long-term care. It's just having a plan around it. So, the plan could be, well, I'm going to cash flow it. Right. So that could that could be pretty pricey. But if you have the uh, the available means to do that, then part of your plan is, well, if I need long term care needs, um, uh, any type of care, I'll just pay for it out of pocket. But that's risky because we don't you don't know how long you may need it. You, you don't just, know how long you may need yeah. it, right? But if you have, again, it's it's a risk, right? But if yeah. you have a sizable amount, sizable estate, that could be something that you just kind of just uh, bankroll, cash roll through your estate.
1: Maybe for Thurston Howell III. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: you know, I, I mean, show. well,
1: and I know, but you're right. I mean, for someone oh. who just, it, it wouldn't matter. Because what, right. I mean, well, we could be talking to the tune of, of what? I mean, I've heard some astronomical monthly and annual fees that some pay.
0: Yeah. yeah Not fees, but
1: just the cost, cost of, yeah, of yeah, long-term So care.
0: I'm, I'm working with uh, a client now whose sister is, uh, was diagnosed with early stage dementia, I believe. Uh-huh. So they're looking at, um, they're doing a long-term care, care plan for her, right? Yeah. Part of her plan, uh, part of the plan is doing a cash-out refinance on her mortgage. OK, gives us uh, gives them the ability to uh, have some some uh, access to their equity, to her equity in the uh-huh. house and use part of the 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 uh, uh, the amount they're 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 cashing out of the using her some of her equity, putting it aside, investing it so that it can grow and have those funds available to her for long term care right? Currently her needs are about 4,000 a month, an additional 4,000 a month, right? So that's almost 50 grand a year. Okay. Right. Right. All right. So, so, um, you know, we don't, with dementia, it, it's difficult because we don't, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, you can live for like 10 years, Oh, sure. right? Quality of life. And just, it's a different story, right? But just actually breathing, she could be with us for another five, 10 years. Absolutely. Right? So, My mother was nine years in assisted living. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, think about fifty grand a year, nine years. So it's about four fifty. It's about half a million bucks, right? So, and that's that's with no cost of living adjustment or no inflation to uh, the cost of uh, the cost of care. So, some people part of their plan is to buy an insurance policy, and that insurance policy is going to give you, you know, x amount of dollars uh, based off the kind of policy you buy, and now you have a bucket of money. you have an insurance policy for that.
1: Now, that was really, but now isn't that really costly? And it's also use it or lose it, the traditional long-term care
0: insurance. Traditional long-term care insurance is use it, use it or lose it, exactly. So meaning that if you don't have a long-term care event, right, well, and you pass away, well, you've it's just true insurance, right? The money yeah. goes away. Uh, there's now ways that you can use like life insurance, for instance, that, uh, allows you to use some cash value or they have, they set aside like a long-term care bucket mm-hmm. within the life insurance policy. So again, if you need it, uh, it's there. And if you don't and you pass away, then there's life insurance, right? So that can go to your beneficiaries, uh, bucketing strategy. You mentioned it before. So some clients are carving out, okay, I know this might not be, everything i need for long-term care but at least it's something so i'm going to carve out a hundred grand right and and i know in my mind this is going to be my long-term care bucket um uh, it and if i need it it's there if i don't well it's still my account right so i can do with it as as needed so again it's it's just having a plan right some of it could be insurance some of it could be um uh, we talked about annuities, some annuities have this long-term care accelerator where that income that you were receiving, uh, it accelerates, it it could double, right? So if you're getting $5,000 a month from your, from your, uh, annuity in the event of a long-term care, well, now you're getting 10,000. Could you do a little bit of all that, you know? Yeah. It's never, for me, planning is never either or, Yeah, right? It's about options. Um, and, 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 Figuring out which option makes the best for you, makes the best sense for you. That's why planning is living and breathing for us. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we may carve out, okay, well, we're going to get a you – know, air quotes around or word, word small. We're going to get a small long-term care policy, right? That's just going to be the base, the foundation of our long-term care plan. We'll do that now. And then two, three, four years down the road, maybe we, we add on, uh, we carve out some of our assets as a supplemental for whatever the long-term care plan doesn't cover, right? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's planning. That's what planning really is. Well, it certainly is. And, you know, even without
1: long-term care, just looking at regular health care, and even though you are Medicare eligible when you hit that age, uh, there's going to be out of pocket. And I mean, I've heard like over, like for a couple, I believe it is over the their reti- the lifetime of their retirement, it could add up to near 300,000 out oh, of yeah. pocket. So what do Easy. you do? Maybe you could have an HSA if you're eligible for that, or you could have a, a health co- out of pocket cost bucket or. What
0: what do you normally do or recommend? Yeah, you, could do, you could do an HSA, right? The HSA um, long-term care plan. Um, uh, I like the, I like the long-term, uh, sorry. I like the life insurance strategy with the, with a long-term care feature to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you have, um, it's not use it or lose it. So it's you could huge, use it for out-of-pocket
1: health costs. Then
0: Right right yeah. it's use it or use it right you're going to use yeah. it one way or another so yeah so this it's just different it, it, everything is just tailored towards the to the individual right well let's look at let's talk let's put it this way because
1: nobody likes the term budget let's look at the call let's call it fun money all right you're 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 close to retirement you don't want your lifestyle to change you're you're going to be uh, not working, you may still work a little. Hopefully, it'll be financially independent. Financial independence, and it can be your choice. But you want to enjoy those first years that that period of go go, the go go years. Can you fund that Uh, and just your lifestyle without having to downgrade your lifestyle when you retire? So, enter the budget,
0: or I think you prefer spending plan. Yeah, I love the word uh, the word spending plan because it, it, it just it's exact. I mean, that's what it, that's and and then that's what a budget really is, right? Yeah. You're planning on how you're going to spend your money. Sure. <laughs> I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, uh, budget just sounds so, uh, so daunting. It right? does. So spending plan, is like, Oh, okay. So you're going to show me how to spend my money. I like that. Right. Cause yeah. we're all spending exactly uh, one way or another. So yeah, I mean, um, part of the planning is understanding how much income do you actually need? Like what are your expenses? What expenses do you foresee coming up during retirement? Uh, your normal um, household expenses, right? Your 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 monthly nugget. What does it mean? What does what do you need to just to maintain your overall standard of life, right? Uh, but then you know, factor in things like traveling, right? Your go go years, right? Traveling, whether it's internationally or domestically, right? Uh, here in Atlanta, we have a lot of uh, uh, RV the, uh, the RV community. So we have a lot of clients that are, you know, for the first years of their retirement, they're 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 hopping in an RV and traveling around the world. That's really country, grown since COVID, which, which is huge. It's fun, yeah. You know, uh, but again, to answer your question, is you know maybe we f- we we fill up the first two three years of our expenses in some type of spend, kind of have like a spend down strategy, right? So we have a bucket of money that we know we're going to spend, right? That might be in cash, right? So it's not volatile to the market, or maybe maybe minimal volatility if you want some type of growth behind, behind it. But that bucket of money, we know for the first two years, maybe three years of your retirement, we're going to be spending it, right? No guilt, don't have any guilt about spending it because the whole point of those dollars was to spend it. So why right? you work so hard? And save That's why you so. work so hard. Yeah. Right? Um, some people think about downsizing during retirement, but. With the real estate market right now, sometimes downsizing doesn't even make financial sense. Exactly. Uh, But again, but but carving out the first two, three years of your your retirement and uh, putting it into account. I mean, literally, it could be your savings account, right? uh, A checking account, right? It's literally in cash, but we know we're going to spend it down. Uh, So that way, the remaining, call it maybe... what i say three years so maybe the next four to seven years right four to eight years uh we have it in a account that is invested right but it's also gaining some interest behind it minimal volatility because you know three years happens by you know three four years comes by like a flash in the pants right Mm -hmm. so we need that money grown for us but we don't want to get too volatile Maybe we have like a dividend strategy, so the, the, those those buckets are getting um, some dividends while we're waiting. And then we carve out another bucket that's our long-term, right? That's 10 years in the future. And then that money is in the market, getting the market returns, a uh, full breadth of uh, investments inside that account. But again, that money is growing for us. So if you think about it as a uh, uh, those three buckets, right? We have one bucket that we know we're gonna be spending it down for three years. We have another bucket, you know, that's going to that's going to bridge that gap from year 40, year 10. Right. And then we have another bucket from 10 years on that's that's out there making making some returns for us.
1: Well, I mean, again, strategies, it's not like the old days. Most people don't have that pension. They just turn on and get the gold watch and hit the rocking chair for about five years uh, <laughs> and then go on to their great reward. And right. it's not like that now. People retire, many don't have a pension. You've got to have these strategies in place because I mean you could potentially be retired as long as you worked, you want to enjoy it, and people are having fun. Baby boomers want to die young late. And so in other words. <laughs> yeah, be, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the generation that they want to keep that youth and have good. Good. I who wants to, you know, be old? You know, right. age age is a number. Strictly a number. The older you get, the more you tell yourself that. Let's <laughs> rapid fire a couple of things here. Um yeah. and, and these are big things too. So two two left tax management in retirement yeah. and then looking at estate planning.
0: Yeah, tax management is huge, right? Um if we can save good tax planning can right sometimes outweigh investment management. Right. If we're keeping more money in our pockets. Uh, by doing some tax planning, then that can that can enhance, but also, uh, 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 what's we're what looking for, it can uh, outweigh maybe some just you know volatile volatile times in the market. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we can just keep more money in our pockets, sure. Um, that's the ultimate name of the game. So you know tax planning, right? How are we going to take uh, how are we going to take the how are we going to distribute our assets, right? If we if all of our money is in a pre-tax account, like a 401k IRA, well, that helps us out while we're saving. But on a distribution side, all of that account, when you distribute it's going to be taxed as income to you, right? So, um, you know, if you do a really great job saving, you have awesome market returns, then you might look, you may be looking at, on a distribution side and on an income side, the same amount of income you were making as you were retired, mm-hmm. I mean, as you were working. Yeah. So, you know, that whole idea of while being in a lower tax environment when I retire may not necessarily, may not necessarily be the case if not we're not- anymore, really? If we're not diversifying yeah. our tax strategy. Yeah. So that's where Roths come into place, right? Roth accounts, like a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, Roth TSP- all those accounts, when you distribute them, are tax free, right? Tax free. So, uh, <laughs> tax free later, right? So, again, if you're taking out the thirty grand from a Roth IRA, but well, that thirty grand comes to you tax free. Yeah. Beautiful, right? That's, yeah, it is. Uh, no RMDs so, are necessary. What do they care? They already got their taxes. No RMDs, right? So you don't have to worry about at age seventy-two and old and older about you know taking these distributions. Uh, because you're being forced to, you, you can take them out because you want to. Mm-hmm. And all those distributions be tax free. Uh, taxable accounts, right? Taxable accounts like your brokerage account; those can be taxed on an annual basis, right? So, uh, b- based off capital gains and dividends that are received. So, you know, again, if you have a plethora of dividends being generating and generated in these taxable accounts. Well, then those dividends are taxed as income, right? And if the healthier, those, the healthier those accounts are, you know, you would say the healthier those dividends are. And even if you reinvest those dividends, you're still paying taxes on them, right? Mm-hmm. So a good part of diversification is not just stocks, bonds, um, international, domestic, large cap, small cap, mid cap. It's also do I have a tax diversification with my investments,
1: well, I mean, and it is important to get those proactive tax strategies in place because, you know, you I mean, you could be sitting on what people call a tax bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, you could be. Yeah, so you want to make sure you get that in place. And and by the way, wherever you get your podcast, however you access this, whatever platforms, you can scroll through the other 77, I think, podcasts we've done. Uh, Mo has dedicated a couple, the entire podcast to estate planning. But, you know, just to close, though, with the importance of making sure you have your affairs in order.
0: Yeah, yeah, you want to... You want to make sure you have a power of attorney, medical directive, a will, right? These are these are uh, uh, not fun topics to think about, but necessarily, necessary. Um you want to make sure that you have your beneficiaries correct. You'd be amazed of how many people have their ex spouses as beneficiaries in mm. their retirement. It's <laughs> not just a retirement account, but their insurance account. That is, hurts. Right? Uh, that hurts because those That's are legal. binding contracts. <laughs> Yeah, that'll yeah, leave a mark been, on you. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna, that might be less visits to your gravesite. I, your <laughs> I would think so. And well, or or more, more or let's or say more, more, but not to put flowers on your grave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> put to put something on your grave, but not flowers.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> but so yeah, sure you unfortunately, it, so. it has happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. man.
0: And with the Secure Act. um... um Oh, what's wrong with that? Oh, b- uh, beneficiaries, right? Yeah. So, uh Beneficiaries to retirement accounts. Well, if you're leaving like your your kids as beneficiaries to your uh, IRAs or 401ks, uh, there's a new rule that 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 passed that was that was done under the radar because of COVID. Yeah. But if you leave a uh, a retirement account IRA 401k uh, to a non-spouse, uh, they have 10 years. To distribute those assets yeah and if it's pre-tax then all of it's going to be taxable to them so you may be leaving a tax bomb to your kids without even knowing it you're right they passed that secure
1: act and and then COVID happens shortly after that so it didn't get a lot
0: of attention did it didn't get a lot of attention but uh, if you leave retirement accounts that are pre-taxed to your to anyone who's a non-spouse right 10 years they they have 10 years to liquidate that account and everything and that entire account will be taxable to them and they did not um, have that time limit before did that you know you were able to stretch it out before yeah stretch it out over your lifetime now you can't and but if you yeah. think about it you know most who are inheriting non-spousal benef- uh, benefits right kids who parents i put it, a air quotes around kids right right but right. you're probably 50 55 receiving mm-hmm. your parents or grandparents uh ira which is probably coinciding with your highest earning years
1: which makes your can make
0: your not i mean
1: you're going to pay it the taxes do in, in that 10-year period but then your tax bracket would
0: go up could right. right and so you're paying higher taxes yeah right so most more of that more of that uh Uh, asset that you received is being eroded by taxes. It's huge. Hmm. So uh, I think the government knew what they were doing when they did that. Hmm. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think so too. Sometimes I wonder, but uh, I think in that case, yeah, there was some strategy there Uh, and, and still as of this recording, secure act 2.0 is still kind of what doing it's whatever thing in Congress nothing's yeah, happened yeah. yet but but there's some more that come out of that and i i didn't we have we've looked at that we haven't seen anything glaring like the killing of the stretch ira yet no
0: no um you know the, the i've seen more uh talks about the uh rmds kind of changing and uh yeah. enha- i do were enhancing but just do, making some modifications behind the rmds Taking make it eventually over a period of set period of time
1: to make it the age go up to 75 for required right. minimum distributions. Yeah, that's one of the things out of that. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, good stuff working to retirement. Uh, you're right about you opened with having a list, you know, go to the grocery store. I go to the grocery store, never have a list and always have to go back. I forgot one or two things. And so you should have a list working to retirement.
0: Right. It's really smart. And, and again, you know, we, we talked about a lot today, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's taking it in pieces. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, where do I start? Just uh, if you wanted to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. When in my in, in in an ideal world, when would I want to retire? Get that number, get that age, that year in place and build on it now and then build on it. Right. And take it in pieces. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. this year. We're going to uh, uh, increase our contributions to our retirement accounts, right? right? And maybe that's the only thing you do this year. That's fine. Then the following year, it's like, okay, now I'm going to. I heard about this long-term care thing. Let me let, let me let me get some more research and do some more due diligence on mm-hmm. long-term care, right? So just take it in pieces. Don't get too overwhelmed. And the checklist keeps you from being overwhelmed because you just take it in pieces. Well, I mean, I need to say, too. And working too, with us keeps you not overwhelmed. Well, yet. that's what I was going to
1: say. You you actually could be there with them to make sure that it's not overwhelming to them. And and I'm sure that the, that the, the infrastructure of your checklist building is set in that uh, that pace, that uh, incremental pace where it's not overwhelming that's to, right. the, to the clients. Cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com dot com <laughs> <laughs> mo param and the team and they really are there with you and your financial life well we look good we got a little more studio time here today that was um, good that's with good that's big good topic. i didn't want to rush it parade season we're in what's your favorite part of a parade
0: Ooh. um ooh, that's a good question uh ooh. You know, the best parade I used to go to was Mm -hmm. the uh, uh, West Indian Parade in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. So the food there was amazing. I bet. The music. So uh, food and music, probably. Food and music.
1: Well, I I mean, I'm I'm there with the music because I always like the bands. That's right. And you know why I like the bands? The drums. That's the only part of the band I really like. Because, you know, when they come by, you feel it in your chest the drum. (laughs) I do like the Shriners and their little cars. You ever seen them? Uh no. Well, by, first off, I love Shriners. I have in in my radio career interviewed so many Shriners, you know, the Shrine Club, and they do wonderful things. I've known Shriners, you know, they have the Shriners Hospital for children and oh. and, and several of those. And and um they I have known Shriners that so they're already providing that service for children and their family. Free health care oh, for the that's child. Awesome. And but I've known local shriners who would then drive the kids and their families to the hospital. I mean, oh, I, cool. I, I'm serious. They are outstanding. They're wonderful. I don't like their hats. I wouldn't want to wear those hats with the tassels. <laughs> but, and they're really good on those little cars. They're in these little miniature cars and they just. Oh, okay. I know you're talking yeah, about Yeah, zoom around. I know where you're talking about. That's my second favorite thing in a parade. Got a little teary eye thinking about the Shriners. All right. Good stuff, Mo. It is, um, we'll, of course, we drop these every week. So we'll have a brand new topic next week. Look forward to it.
0: Same here. Same here.
1: Thanks for staying with us on Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts